0: Anyway, well, a few weeks ago, I went to uh, a Christmas party, and uh, they're, they're always fun to go to because they usually they have a, one of those gift-giving things where you you, you you bring a kind of a funny gift that you don't really want, but you bring one, and then everybody else does, and then you draw numbers like 1 through 84 or something like that, and it takes about five hours to get through, you know how it is, And and, and they pass the gifts around, and then you steal each other's gifts and all this, and fights break out and all kind of things, so. But anyway, we did that, and my wife and I left home with, uh, with a little dog that uh, that sings and dances, a little toy dog, and a four-foot inflatable Santa Claus, that's what we left with. And I was all excited to plug that Santa Claus up, and it's disappeared. I can't find it anywhere. I don't know. My family has hid it or something. I don't know what they've done. But, any, but anyhow, but also while I was there, um, uh, there's some church members, of course, and, and they gave me this. This wonderful present. I want to show it to you. Look what that says. A coffee mug that says, be careful or you will end up in my sermon. (laughs) So that's what the mug says. And I thought that was a fitting mug. And I I said, so this is why sometimes I can't find anyone to hang out with, right? They don't end up (laughs) in my sermon. So it's a great gift. And I'm definitely going to be using that that coffee mug in the future because it's very true. So Christmas time is a time where we're going to receive all sorts of gifts this year, and some will be wonderful surprises. Some we're just not going to know quite how to respond, right? We're not, we don't have the the, the proper tact to what to say, or we're just not going to know what to do. Even my my mother and her brother years ago had this running gag gift where they would they would uh, they would. I'm not going to tell you what what this present was, uh, but it was a dead animal of some sort, okay? And they kept giving it back and forth to each other with like different uh, alterations to it. This is my family, okay? And uh, and it was kind of funny. You know, every year, what's it going to be like? And the responses were were, were really, really funny. But you just never know what you're going to get, you never know how you're going to respond because you don't always know how to respond to these gift situations. Today we're looking at a passage of Scripture, and we're going to see the responses Mary and her cousin Elizabeth had as they discussed and as they celebrated the future incarnation of Jesus Christ, which is what we call Christmas morning, Christmas day. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country. To a town in judah and she entered the house of zechariah and greeted elizabeth and when elizabeth heard the greeting of mary the baby leapt in her womb and elizabeth was filled with the holy spirit and she exclaimed with a loud cry blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb and why is this granted to me that the mother of my lord should come to me for behold when the sound of your greeting came to my ears He has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Father in heaven, as we continue to worship you today, we look at the responses that Elizabeth had of meeting Jesus meeting you, Lord Jesus, in the womb. The response that her baby, John the Baptist, had as he leaped with joy of the coming Messiah and King. And Father, we look at the response that Mary had today. The Virgin Mary found to be with child but the Son of God. And the response that she had, knowing that she would give birth to the Savior of the world. Father in heaven, as we hear from your word today, I I pray that, that my words reflect your heart as it is written in the Bible. You fill me with your spirit in preaching today. And that we have the proper heart responses to Christmas this season. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I want to give us several ways here that we can respond to the miracle of Christmas. Several ways we can respond to the miracle of Christmas. Number one, we need to respond to this, this reality of Christmas, this reality of Jesus with excitement. Respond to the reality of Jesus with excitement. The story picks up with Mary having just been visited by the angel Gabriel. And this messenger of God, this angel, had told her that she would carry the Messiah, the Savior of her people. So she then visits her cousin Elizabeth, who is also pregnant in a miraculous way, not as miraculous, but similarly with John the Baptist. And so it says in verse 39 that in those days Mary arose and went with haste, that means quickly, into the hill country to a town of Judah, where Zechariah, Elizabeth's father, greets her. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby in her belly, John the Baptist, leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth became filled with the Holy Spirit. But John the Baptist leaped in the womb when he heard Mary coming. It's amazing. The Greek implies that John the Baptist leaped with joy for simply being in the presence of the Messiah. Now, there's about a a six month difference in their pregnancies, so maybe Elizabeth was probably close to delivery and and Mary was early on. uh, But John the Baptist knew Jesus was there and leapt, leaped with joy. I remember when Emily was pregnant years ago with her first son, Jackson, so many years ago, and we were at a church in Sumter as an associate pastor, and some Sunday nights we would have different programs. And they like to have gospel. Y'all probably would too. A gospel quartet came in and they sang some gospel quartet music. And Emily was probably six, seven months pregnant. And we were sitting there on Sunday night. And when the gospel quartet music started playing and singing, Jackson just started kicking all around in there. And then the music would stop and he would quit. And then the music would start again and he'd, he'd start kicking it around. So either he really liked it or really didn't like it. I choose to think. But he really, he really liked it. So we know that, that babies can get excited with things. And studies show that all, all these things about talking to your babies, they know everything that's happening since it. Well, in a very special way, this excitement that John the Baptist had when he knew that Jesus was nearby, right next to him. You know, if you know you're a sinner, and you know that because you've broken God's law, that You, me, we both deserve judgment. You will be excited to know the truth that there is a Savior, that there is a Messiah. Christmas is exciting for children because they get a bunch of gifts. They love it. Christmas is exciting for adults because many times we get to see family. Even though travel's tough and everything like this, we get to see family. But Christmas is exciting for sinners because we know there is hope. If Jesus doesn't excite you and you're a Christian, perhaps you don't have an accurate view of who you are. Yes, you are made in the image of God. Yes, you have value. Yes, you are good as God's creation is. But you're also someone who's broken God's law. You deserve the justice that God deems. But Jesus took that for you on the cross that's the reason he came that's why we celebrate he took that justice that punishment on the cross and that's why jesus should should bring you excitement but not only should we respond to jesus with excitement we should also respond to him with humility we should respond to jesus with humility verse 42 says she exclaimed with a loud cry Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth is overwhelmed that she is able to to see the mother of Jesus. Why should she experience the Messiah in the womb? Her baby was excited. Elizabeth was humbled. Well, Winston Churchill, of course, the Great War... Uh, Prime Minister of Wartime, Prime Minister of World War II of England. He exemplified integrity. He exemplified respect in the face of opposition. And during his last year in office, he went and, uh, and attended this official ceremony like he normally would do. And there were two gentlemen who were seated several rows behind him, and they started whispering. You know how it is when you're somewhere, if someone's behind you, you hear everything they say, don't you? you know, it's kind of annoying sometimes. Even if they're whispering, you, you pick up everything. And several rows behind him, he could hear them talking about him. And they said, that's that's Winston Churchill right there. They say he's getting senile. They say he should step aside and leave the running of the country to a more dynamic and capable man. He he heard all this, right? So when the ceremony was over, Churchill turned to the men and said, gentlemen, they also say he's deaf. (laughs) And that wasn't true either, and it wasn't true what they were saying. Churchill had enough humility to not get angry about it. He had enough humility to, to make a joke about himself, but still tell them that they were wrong. The Bible talks a lot about having an attitude of humility. Proverbs 11:2 says this, that when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs 18, 12 says, before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Humility knows that we don't have everything figured out. We don't know everything there is to know. We know who we are and where we need the help of God. Now, humility doesn't mean that we can't have confidence in who we are. We can't have confidence in our abilities. I mean, we can't have confidence in being who God has made us to be. Being humble simply means that we know that we aren't our savior. And we can't save ourselves. We need Jesus daily. And we don't mind asking him to help us. So the reality of Jesus' birth should fill us with humility. Third, We should respond to the reality of Jesus also with belief. We should respond to the reality of Jesus with belief. Verse 44. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed are those who believe. Believe in what? Believe in the gospel. Believe in the truth that God knew that there was no other way to be made right with him. That he sent his son, Jesus, to the world that Christmas morning so that he then could live a sinless life, never sinning for 33 years. Then going to the cross and taking God's judgment and wrath and punishment that we deserve for breaking God's moral law. He took it on the cross and through, and through, through dying and through putting in the grave and then being raised on Easter Sunday, he purchased eternal life, forgiveness of sins, salvation for all who would believe in that gospel. That is the gospel. And that's what her believed. She believed it. And he says, blessed is she or he even who believes. We are made right with God through believing in the work of Jesus Christ. No you're not born a Christian. You might be born in a Christian family, but at some point you've got to make that decision yourself that you believe in Jesus Christ. Now you will follow him for your life. You place your faith with in the work of Christ and God credits your faith as Righteousness and you are deemed innocent because not of what you've done, because of what Jesus Christ has done. That is the gospel. God replaces Jesus with your punishment for sins. Look at Romans 10:9 says this. Because if you Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Belief. It's all it takes. But it's so difficult for people to do. But it says it's all you need. Verse 10. For with the heart one believes and is justified And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Notice it doesn't say with the head one believes. You can have all the facts and knowledge about Jesus there is. The Bible says that the the demons believe in Jesus, but they're not going to heaven. The heart believes. And is justified means it is made right with God. And then we will confess to know Jesus Christ. The birth of Jesus is important because it signifies the day that God came into the world as a baby, where He started that part of the plan of rescuing, reconciling sinners to Himself. So respond to the reality of Jesus today with belief. Number four, respond to the reality of Jesus with praise respond to the reality of jesus with praise now this next section is a famous section of scripture it's often overlooked but it's a song of praise from mary it's a it's a praise song there's a story of an old farmer who went to the city one weekend and he attended the big city church right? i did this i did this last month i went to a uh, conference of first baptist columbia where i used to work and i felt like i was in the big city all of a sudden so i had been in small corner too long i felt out of place I mean, that's a good thing but anyway but he, he he came to the big city church he came home and his wife asked him well how was the church he said well it was good but they did something different they sang praise choruses instead of hymns he said and she said praise choruses what are those he said, oh, they're okay. They're sort of like hymns, only different, said the farmer. She said, well, what's the difference? He said, well, it's like this. If I were to say to you, Martha, the cows are in the corn, well, that would be a hymn. Martha, the cows are in the corn. If on the other hand, I were to say to you, Martha, 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 oh, Martha, Martha, Martha. The cows, the big cows, the brown cows, the black cows, the white cows, the black and white cows, the cows, cows, cows are in the corner, are in the corner, are in the corn. That would be a praise chorus. We can joke about what is praise. That was funnier to me than you. I don't know. We can joke about what is praise. But here Mary has a true song of praise. Her role, as well as the belief that her own son would save her from her sins, led her to sing this song of praise. She says, my soul, verse 46, magnifies the Lord. This has the idea of declaring that something was great. Mary says that her soul, the the part of which her is, that is alive, every fiber of her being declares the Lord as being great. This should be the reaction of someone who believes in the work of Jesus. She says in verse 47, And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Again, when she talks about her spirit, it's another way of describing that her her innermost being rejoices in that God is going to save her through her baby. Right? Do you rejoice in God your Savior? Christmas is a natural time to do that. We, we should not look down upon Christmas as a time where look, you know, they've destroyed the meaning of Christmas. We shouldn't, we shouldn't look at that. We should think of it as a wonderful opportunity that Christmas is still celebrated, that's still talked about it, that' it's still allowed even. Amen. What an opportunity! to rejoice in God and declare who he is. Verse 48 says that he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. God has turned his gaze upon Mary, a, a, a simple woman who was as much of a sinner as anyone else. And God chose her to bear his child, and Mary would serve God in the most incredible way Possible. If you're a believer, you've all been called to serve God in some way. Imagine serving it this way. She realizes her place in history, even as a 14, 15-year-old girl. She realizes her place in history. She says, for behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. Mary sometimes in some traditions is worshipped, but she shouldn't be. She should be honored. But she, like all of God's people, are mere servants of the King Jesus. She says so herself. I'm a servant. I'm humbled. He has done great things for all of us. And then Mary then describes through song about the character for God and how he acts. Verse 50, she says, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich... He is sent away empty. Those who will praise God, she says, are those who desire his mercy. They are those who have had their pride dashed and replaced with humble praise. They are those who, who realize that that the, the, the thrones that they may sit on, the, the, the jobs they might have, are but temporal things. They are those that realize that the spiritually humble will be raised up in the kingdom of god and there they will be fed and those who have no need of god this is who he refers to as the rich the spiritually rich they'll be sent away spiritually hungry because they feel like they don't need him so god is graceful but he's just in many ways and God gives us the desires of our hearts. Even when we don't desire Him, He allows us to not desire Him. And that's what Mary says. Verse 54, she concludes He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy as He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and His offspring forever. And then Mary remained with her about three months and returned home. Finally, Mary brings to remembrance God's promise to send an eternal offspring of Abraham that was the promise God made Israel through Abraham I will make you a blessing to many nations and it comes to a point comes to a conclusion in Jesus Christ and that offspring is in her womb amazing she gives praise to God that is her response well four years after the Titanic went down there was a young Scotsman in a meeting in Canada and he was a survivor of the Titanic there were a few of them and he was being interviewed and he says while I was drifting alone on that spar that piece of wood the tide brought this man to me a man named mr. John Harper of Glasgow he was floating on a piece of wreck near me and he said man are you saved <laughs> and this man uh, young Scott said said no I am not he replied believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved well the waves took him away but strange to save uh, or strange to say it brought him back a little bit later And the man, John Harper, said, are you saved now? (laughs) No, he said, "I, I cannot honestly say that I am. He's on the Titanic, floating on a piece of wood. He still hadn't turned to Jesus. John Harper's doing all he can, knowing that this will probably be their last day. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And shortly after that, he went down. And there alone in the night with two miles of water underneath me, I believed. And he said in that interview, I am John Harper's last convert to Jesus. This Christmas, what will be your response to Jesus? What will be your response? To the plan that God sent. Will you believe in Jesus? If you've never placed your faith in Jesus before, will you do it today? You might get another John Harper that gives you a second or third chance to tell you about it. Will you believe? What will be your response this Christmas? Heavenly Father, as we close our time together today. I thank you, Lord for the John Harpers you've put in our life that shared the gospel with us, whether it be a parent, a grandparent, a cousin, a Sunday school teacher, a pastor, a youth pastor, whatever it could be, that someone took the time out of their lives to tell us the true meaning of Jesus Christ. Lord, this Christmas, let us use this as opportunities. to Tell people about what Jesus has done for us. Let it not have to be a situation where we're floating on a piece of wood. But Lord, we, we praise your name for people like John Harper, who spread the message of Jesus Christ, because he knew that the man's ultimate need was not saving from a shipwreck, but saving from his sin. And Lord, in your grace, you saved both. So, Father, let us not lose the importance of Christmas morning and why Jesus came this Christmas. And let us have appropriate responses to that. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for what you've given us in Christ Jesus. And we look forward to celebrating Christmas this week. We ask these things in Jesus' name.